Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. This episode, again, not on the BX. We are both, well, Christian is in the BX. Uh, I'm back in Massachusetts. Uh, today is the fourth edition, I believe, of the 2018 season, or is it the third? I think it's like the fourth. Yeah, well, we've done, we've done a lot. <laughs> um, uh, third or fourth edition, whichever one it is, of the 2018-19 season. Um, you know, just stuff, stuff to talk about so far. Um, Celtics still consistent. Um, Bucks and Raptors and Sixers and Pacers and the jumbled Eastern Conference. In the West, the Warriors just getting obliterated on Christmas Day. And now some are starting to question, you know, if they're vulnerable and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I guess let's start with the East. Um, I guess we normally start with my team. I guess we'll just do that this time. Um, they're coming off a 127-113 loss to the Houston Rockets. And, of course, um, by the question, I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce you, of course. But um, Everybody knows who I am. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it kind of hit me over these past few weeks that, you know what, maybe here's a t- my hot take on the Celtics. You know what, maybe they're never going to break through, per se. You know, they're never going to have a 16-game winning streak type of thing. But maybe that's okay because maybe that's like like I compare it to like the 2010 Celtics and that team was the four seed right and mm-hmm. they only won 50 games only 50 which is not that much and they went into the playoffs and everyone thought they were going to get stomped against the Cavs and they beat the Cavs and then everyone thought they were going to lose the Magic and they beat the Magic maybe it's like maybe what everyone's searching for is that crazy run to the one seed. Maybe that's just not going to happen. Maybe, like I said, they lost the Suns. They lost the Knicks. Maybe, maybe this team, but but they beat the Hornets by ton. They beat the Sixers on Christmas on just an epic Kyrie performance. Um, they beat the Raptors, the Bucks. You know, it's like maybe this breakthrough won't happen. Maybe they're more like the Cavs, LeBron teams. Maybe they're more like the Celtics of, you know, 2010, 2012, that they're really just not going to have a great regular season. They're going to look like shit some nights and some nights look great. And that's going to be the whole year. And then maybe by playoff time, they'll be good. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. Maybe they just aren't as good as I thought. I mean, they that's probably true, but I don't know, like. I feel like if this team like Milwaukee finishes the one seed, this team is the four seed. As long as they get past round one, I feel like they have a great chance to definitely win round two and then even round three. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still, I still believe in the Celtics, man, because it's still, I still think it's early. And, and you know what? They might be in this mode similar to the Warriors. And my take on the Warriors is like, I think that, Although they're struggling, we have to keep in mind that they don't have Boogie back, one. And two, they've already won two championships, so they kind of know, like, all right, when the playoffs come, we'll be ready. I think that's kind of the Celtics' mode right now. They're still, I think, trying to figure out everybody's roles. But once they hit the playoffs, I think they're just going to crush it. And depending on the seeding, I mean, let's say Boston does finish, like, the fourth seed and Philly is the fifth seed. I think they could easily beat Philly. And then let's say they played the Raptors. I think they just have enough firepower to beat the Raptors. 
and then let's say the Bucks and Pacers are two and three. Let's say they let's say the Pacers somehow find a way to beat the Bucks, and that's your Eastern Conference Finals. I think they can easily handle the Pacers too. Yeah, like I think if it comes down to that, if the Pacers are in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics, the Pacers are going to get crushed. I think absolutely. But the thing is, you know, just the way the seeding is, it, 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 it honestly, it really does. Just like in the NFL, it depends on who's hot going into the playoffs. So if the Celtics end the season right on like a four or five game winning streak or even just like a two or three game winning streak and they're all playing pretty well, that is pretty damn good momentum for them going in. And I just I still think I really honestly do still think that they are better than every other team. The potential that's the that's the key word there is the potential. They have the potential to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Now, does potential always do people always live up to potential? No. But this team did get to the conference finals last year. I still have faith in them. The thing is, they're very inconsistent, Nick. I mean, from, from you know, like you go play play a big game against Philly and beat them in overtime. Kyrie goes insane. And then next night you just give up 100, almost 130 points to the Rockets who don't have CP3. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the inconsistency with them. I mean, you know. You know, I think here's the thing. Like, with that game last night, um, I wasn't as discouraged as some other people because honestly, the Rockets made a lot of threes. It's simple. Like they played like the Rockets of last year. They they played great. I mean, the only thing that was really discouraging to me was that were two things. Number one, um, the rebounding was terrible, but we don't have Aaron Baines right now, who's our best rebounder by far. It doesn't excuse a lot of the rebounds they got, but I actually wasn't as concerned with last night's loss. But the guy that's been very concerned, it's more or less been two guys this year. And, I mean, Gordon Hayward, I mean, Gordon Hayward's problem to me is he's still not aggressive enough. Like, he still passes up way too many shots he should take. Um, But the guy, two guys that have been very concerning are Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. And I don't know, it's like Terry... Terry feels like he has to shoot the ball every time, which is really bad. It's really concerning because he's just he he's just not been as good as last year. And I get it's a role on the bench that he might not want and all that, but he shoots the ball every time. And also his defense has gotten worse. Like it's very concerning. I don't really know why he's been so bad. Um, I guess it's just he's trying too hard in a contract here. Jalen Brown, you know, Jalen Brown has seriously regressed this year. I think part of it has to do with the fact that he they said he's hurt his he hurt his hand and it's been bothering him for a while, which makes me question why is he even playing, eh? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think that on the whole, it's starting to hit me that maybe this is what this team's gonna be all year. Like they're just gonna they're gonna have moments where like you like you said, they beat the Sixers, who they seem, they still seem to have the Sixers number. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. the problem with the Sixers is just time and time again, it comes down the stretch against the Celtics and they find a way to lose. Like, Ben Simmons in that game was just such a liability on the court. Like, he, he offered nothing. And, mm-hmm. and once again, and I'll give Jason Tatum this that was some of the best defense of Tatum's career. Um, by how he guarded Jimmy Butler, just completely took him out of the game in overtime. And I think that I think that on the whole, 
it, it, it's like maybe this is what the Celtics are going to be. They're not going to be a top top seed. Um, uh, some numbers have them still winning fifty or so games. I mean, I don't know about that now, but I guess they're trying to say because a lot of their losses have been to good teams that you know they'll pick it up. Although they lost to the Suns and the Knicks. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is just what this team is. Like maybe. Like you said, around playoff time, it's like, remember when the Bulls were the eighth seed? And I get that team was clearly, you know, put together poorly. But around playoff time, they were better than the Celtics. They really were. When that first series, they were. They were the better team. And I think that maybe, you know, and you talk about seeding. That's interesting because I honestly believe seeding got the Celtics to the conference finals the last two years. Because the first time, I mean, well, we lucked out with Rondo getting hurt against the Bulls, but then we faced the Wizards, who we wanted to play, because we did not want to face Toronto, who got the best of us that year, won three out of four times, and we got past the Wizards because of home court, because of the seating, and the same thing with, um, the same thing with last year, because we got the Bucks in round one, who were a beatable opponent, we got past them in seven, because of, again, seating home court, then Round two, instead of getting the Cavs, we ended up getting Philly, who we matched up extremely well against, and beat them in five games. Um, it's going to be really difficult because if seeding doesn't go our way, and we're talking about, like you said, yeah, I know we can get past Philly, but you don't want to face Philly in round one. Like, that's not the team you want to face. You want to face a team like the Pistons, you know, or the Nets. Yeah, or the Hornets. Or the Hornets. <laughs> who the Celtics just beat down a few nights ago, despite Kemba playing great. Um, I I just, I don't know. It's a tough balance. It really is. And I, I think that it, this team really is unlike any Brad Stevens team ever. Like every other Brad Stevens team was the scrappy underdog team that overperformed. That's just how Brad Stevens teams normally are. Butler University, they were the same thing. Uh-huh. This is not that. You know, this team is expected to be a 60 win team and they don't put in the effort to be a 60 win team but maybe that's okay like I was talking to my brother the other day and I was like where would you rather be the Celtics last year at 55 wins and were the two seed going into playoffs but without their two best players or would you rather be the four seed but have your two best players you know right exactly I think you know what it is you know every like you just said every Brad Stevens team has been the underdog this is the one team where they are the expected to be the Eastern Conference champions. So there, to me, it seems like one they're playing to, to the pressure of having to live up to this sixty-win team hype, and you can see that there's just moments where they they just have these lapses, or again, you know, they they don't play together. There's too much ISO. And then again, I still think that they had to figure out the roles. You know, Terry Rozier, I understand he had a great playoff run last year. He came in. He did a great job replacing Kyrie, who got hurt. But he has to understand that he's not better than Kyrie. Kyrie is the man on this team. He showed it on Christmas Day because he put on a show. And without Kyrie, I don't know if this team can get to an NBA Finals, honestly. Because Kyrie is, Kyrie is that damn good, in my humbled opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, there was a there was a topic. Max Kellerman said like, "Oh, the Celtics might be better without him because other players play better without Kyrie." I'm like, "You're out of your no, fucking mind! No, no. You're out no. of your mind!" Like this, no. And 
I think would be an interesting. A lot of people talk about trading Terry at this point. To me, I, I still have the Kyrie free agency thing, so I don't want to just trade. Oh no, yeah, exactly. You can't. No, but, you have to. You have to wait it out, man. But if there was a trade available, and let's say the Magic bought him out, I said it's Vucevic could be a major addition to this team, and he's having just such a good season that I feel like he could help the Celtics because he's just you know he, he would really bolster our bench and. You could see last night without Aaron Baines in the lineup, the Celtics rebounding is a major concern. And they're playing the Grizzlies next, so it's not getting any easier because that front court is extremely good at rebounding, always have been. And so I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to say. It's really at the end of the day in the NBA, it's about you just getting into the playoffs and then you see what happens, you know? Like the Cavs last year were the three and made the finals, um, despite clearly not having the best team and still having the best player in the world it's that's just maybe what the Celtics are that's what I'm saying and you you could we, you mentioned the Warriors the thing about the Warriors is the Warriors this year have been really just not very good at times and these last two games same thing they just they lost to Portland last night and that's that's a team Portland is a team they have just humiliated these past yes years. and yep. no, they didn't beat them they didn't and you know what I think at the end of the day, they're winning the title anyway, so whatever. But I think if there is something to be concerned about, maybe a you know, weakness, and this is now becoming a recent topic, is Draymond Green's three-point shooting. Like, that is extremely concerning if you're a Warriors fan. Maybe. Because he's shooting 22%. Like, that is... Something's up. Yeah. Um, you know... And this is the this is the Christian wants Kevin Durant on the Knicks conspiracy theory <laughs> that's gonna come in here. I personally just think that like there 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 has to be some kind of tension still from the Draymond KD thing. I mean, yeah, they said they moved on past it. I still think maybe there's some lingering things there. And in just my opinion, I think that KD is gonna leave regardless. Um, now I don't know where he's gonna go, but I just think that he wants a new challenge. So I think that like. You know they're they're riding through the regular season. They know that they're good. I mean, I mean they're for God's sake they're still the second seed and they're losing games. Like they're losing silly yeah. games that should, they should be winning. I mean, this is a joke. I mean, if they actually tried, they'd probably win like eighty games. That's not even to like suck them off. But like honestly, that's how talented this team is. And yeah. Boogie is still not back. Like what happens when Boogie comes back? If Boogie is fifty percent oh, of who he is, like that what? Is, that's crazy. That- that's something interesting because the Athletic had an article that my brother sent me, and there were some pretty concerning quotes about him, like how they Less were injuries. But yeah, they were saying that he's not close to returning, he's out of sh- shape, and that they're starting to question what his contribution is going to even be. And but at the end of the day, I don't even think they need him to win the title, you know. No, like, exactly. But it's it's still something to mention. Yeah, but you know the thing with like when they get Boogie back, like I think Boogie is is an underrated passer. So I think that he doesn't have to score for them. You know, he just has to be a big body in there and just move the ball as the Warriors do. Um, and again, you know what? I'm really like I was thinking that maybe there's something wrong with the Warriors, but you kind of it's still too early. And again, they've won two championships. They've been to four straight finals. I just feel like they're 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 going through those moments where they're just like you know we know we're we're good so why are we trying you know 
Yeah. One concern, though, for them, though, honestly, is the turnovers. They turn the ball over way too much. Like, wasn't it the wasn't wasn't Katie the one who turned it over and then Dame hit the hit the game winning three or last I, night? I right, it was on a turnover at the end last night. I was watching uh, Sixers Jazz, but um, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I just think yeah, that's that's the one thing they got to they have to work on the turnovers. But I mean, I, the Western Conference is just insane as well. I mean, like you literally. Every team besides the Suns can still make the playoffs, although the Pelicans have lost five in a row. I'm looking at the standings right now. Um, every team can make the playoffs. And again, it's all about the seeding, too, for the Western Conference. But for the East, same thing. I think it's, it's a five-team race. Um, and, and one thing I would say is if the Celtics do, let's say the Celtics end up being the five seed and they have to play Philly the four seed, Philly at home is 16-3, and three, so if it comes down to Game 7, that might be extremely tough. So I think Boston has to get one of those top four seeds, or even the, a top three seed, because they gotta get some. They got to get the home field, at least for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, no, yeah, and I don't know if they will. Like, And you keep hearing, because we mentioned the team meetings recently, and kind of, you know, what is the state of the team? They came out of the team meetings in the first two games against the Hornets and Sixers and, you know, won, period. And I'll say this, that Sixers game they won, they would not have won that earlier in the season because, you know, their shots weren't falling, which the problem with this team is for a long time been if three-pointers don't fall for them, they quit, you know? And it's annoying. Like, But in that game, they were just out-hustling Philly, which is why they had the lead for most of it until the end, and then they got back and back and forth, got out of the one overtime. Um Really, I don't know. Like you really look at the stretch, like the, for them coming up, it's it's like it, at Memphis, at San Antonio. I'll be at the game on next Wednesday against the Timberwolves at home, and then they have Dallas, Brooklyn, Indiana, Miami, Orlando, and Brooklyn. So you really th- that's a bunch of decent teams, you know, in a row. And I don't know how they're going to react to that. Um, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it's just like same with the Warriors. Like the Warriors, you know, are going to win that conference. You just don't know what seed you're going to be. And like you said, the seeding does matter. You don't want to be a bottom five. That's a very concerning thing. That means you will never have home court. And the right. Celtics have relied on home court. Um, I'm just waiting. Like at some point, I feel like Philly. Like like the difference right now is. The reason the Pacers and the Sixers and the even the Bucks and Raptors are over the Celtics is the simple answer that those teams have taken care of business you know they've won the games they should the celtics have dropped games to the knicks at home to the suns you know to the pistons to the uh to the pacers on a game winner to the jazz twice to the hornets uh, dallas mavericks like games like that you know games where you're like man you really shouldn't be losing these and I don't know. At some point, I wonder if it, it's really going to matter at all. At the end of the day, are the Celtics just going to be a team that, when the playoffs hit, they're just going to blow everyone out? I don't know. So to say, um, I hope they can win their next few. They have a pretty. I predicted they go twenty-seven and fourteen. They they lost their fourteenth last night. They have seven straight winnable games. They could win all of them. They could lose all of them. I don't know. So. It's it's difficult to tell with this team. I mean, 
but I don't know what you can really do because there's what what move is really out there that makes them better. And Anthony Davis is what everyone's talking about, but that's not going to be till the off season, if it ever happens. Um, you still just can't. Oh, I, I don't think the Pelicans are like, trading him. You, you'd be crazy to do that. Are not trading him? You said no. Like the for the Pelicans, if the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis, they'd be absolutely insane. I don't care if he's going to leave next year. You. If, if I'm, how could you trade a generational talent like that? Unless you get, well, unless you get in half a team, that's what I would want for him. Half a team. Well, I mean, if you're gonna lose him anyway, you should probably get something for it. But I have to get a lot, man. <laughs> a lot. To, I want like two stars, like five first round picks. That Anthony Davis, he's yeah. a beast. I know, but I, I feel like that. I feel like they, they'd be have, They'd have to trade him. But I don't know. Who knows? I mean, that's again. It's like K the next. It's a hypothetical right now. It's not a hundred percent. And you just can't assume it's going to happen. You have to exactly. see what you have right now. And what you have right now is a team that clearly can beat anyone and can clearly lose to anyone. I mean, when you, I, the game I was at was they're down 26 to the Knicks. You oh, know? My oh, my God. That's just terrible. And the Knicks that are was, so bad. Oh, my that God. Was, that was the low point of the season right there. I mean, they end up losing another game to the Mavericks a couple nights later after beating the Hawks, but that was it. Like, that was rock bottom right there. Like, that was as bad as it gets. And then they won eight straight against bad teams. And then they had a kind of schedule loss to Detroit, but we're like, okay, well, second and back-to-back, yada, yada, it'll be fine. But then they lose at home and four days rest to the Suns after dominating them in the first quarter. And then they lose to the Bucs. I mean... Uh, to be fair, the Celtics did not have a front court in that loss to the Bucks. They had no Horford or Morris or Baines. So you literally have three, you know, three, your top three big men out. You had Daniel Tice, who's not a center, and you had Robert Williams, who's a rookie. And we were clearly going to lose that no matter what. Um, but the way losing the way we did was bad, but then we beat the Hornets and the Sixers and then another loss. Like I said, what the Celtics should aim for, and as you, you agree with this or not, like a five and two pace the rest of the year. Yeah, I, listen. If they end up with forty-eight wins and the fourth seed, I think that's a pretty damn good start. And you know what? They—I I don't know. I don't want to say they remind me of the '09 Magic, but because I don't know, that Magic team did not didn't have the uh, expectations to get to the finals, but. If you remember, did anybody really think that Orlando Magic led by Dwight Howard were going to get to the finals that year? No. no. And they ended up getting to the finals. That was, that's true. But it's also, I think, partially that was because KG was hurt. If you remember, the Celtics had them in Game 7 without KG the whole postseason. Um, but even this next year's Celtics, the 2010 Celtics were the four seed, like you said, and made the finals. They beat the Magic and the Cavs, who no one thought they beat. So, I don't know. Tough to say. Um, so we br- we briefly touched on the Western Conference, and we mentioned um, the Warriors. Um, I think right now your prediction's really holding up. You called it earlier in, on an earlier podcast that the Kings were going to make the playoffs. To my dismay, because the Celtics have the pick, obviously. Um, that game winner was crazy last night. <laughs> I, I was I was I was like you know, and I really want to like that team because they've been bad for so long, you know. That you yeah. want it to be good, but the problem is the Celtics have their draft pick, so it's like hard to root for them. <laughs> um, but 
they're also the Grizzlies and like it's amazing. You look at this, yeah, it's still a race. Like the Pelicans are only four games out. And right. I don't know. They've lost I, five in a row. That's crazy. And you look like the Lakers are the five seed right now, and the Lakers might be the second best team in that conference. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Shout out to Houston, who their last 10, they're eight and two. I thought they were out of it completely. I thought I was like, yeah, this team is finished. Forget about it. And James Harden has literally put them on his back and has carried them for these last couple of games. Um, now, again, Maybe the Rockets are finding their groove and they're gonna go on a massive run here in the second half of the year. But, but they're a team to watch out for. I mean, you still have the Kings. I still think the Spurs with Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. I just like those two guys a lot. I still think they have a good team. They can make the playoffs. Luka Doncic has been tremendous for the Mavericks, and they're in the race too. The Thunder, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Blazers. There's just so the Western Conference is insane. I literally have no clue what's gonna happen, and. The freaking Nuggets are the number one seed right now. Like, that's crazy. You know, and it's more amazing, too, is the Nuggets don't have Millsap. They don't have Barton. They still don't have Barton, right? Yeah, yeah. they don't have Isaiah Thomas, and they don't have Michael Porter Jr. Imagine if they had a healthy team. They could be better. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really fascinating. I mean, listen to the starting lineup they had the other night. They lost to the Spurs, but... It was Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, obviously kind of mainstays there. Both were awful. Uh, they still almost, right. almost won, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Tori Craig, Juan Hernan Gomez, and Miles Plumley. Like that and lineup. It's 21 and 11. <laughs> it's 21 and 11. Unbelievable. And it's, you know what? I don't. I don't even want to play them in the playoffs. If you're, let's say, let's say, let's say they get to the second round, man, you don't want to play at the Pepsi Center because the way they run up and down the court and that altitude, it, it, it does make a difference. This could yep. be a surprise team. This could be a surprise team that can get to a conference finals if everything goes well. In my opinion, I think I totally agree, and I think the interesting thing too is if the Warrior, if they get to a conference finals against, say, the Warriors. They don't have an advantage in most spots, but the altitude obviously helps. And if Cousins can't really give the Warriors much, that Warriors front court is going to get completely dominated. Well, and, alert. <laughs> I don't think they'd win. I just think at the no, end. But, but they'd be, it'd be like a six or seven game series. In yeah, my opinion. I could definitely see them getting to six. I mean, it's, I mean, you look at other teams in there too, the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are, a starless team. Um, Portland. A bunch of good role players. Portland is kind of in that jumble too. Like you mentioned, the Houston Rockets have been playing better as you saw last night. By the way, James Harden is still the most unwatchable superstar. I swear. It is just so annoying watching this guy just flop like a fish every fucking play. It is so annoying. It is just, ugh. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is he's the one who initiates a lot of the contact and, you know, they call fouls. It's just like, that's crazy. And, you know, people are starting to do that now. If you like, this is like completely off the subject, but if you go and play like a pickup game, people are like running into you trying to get contact. I'm like, dude, what are you, James Harden? Like, stop the yeah. nonsense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so annoying. I just, God damn it, man. I just, every time 
a team plays the Rockets, it's just infuriating watching this guy draw fouls that a lot of the time, you like you said, they initiate, and a lot of times they aren't fouls at all. There was one called last night near the end of the game on Marcus Smart that was could not have been less than a foul than it was. <laughs> like right. It was the perfect contest. He missed the shot. He complains. They called the foul. It's like clockwork. That's why it was so satisfying last year when Marcus Smart drew those offensive fouls on him because it was just funny. It was like, ha, you know, like finally night. And then like they see all you have to say is last night, the Celtics, uh, James Harden had zero free throws, right? In the first half. You want to know how many had the second? Like 20? 17. <laughs> oh my God. It's, James Harden averages more free throws than most teams, man. Isn't that crazy? Oh my just, God. He is, and you want to know why? This is why he loses in the playoffs, though. He just right. hunts for fouls against teams that won't foul him because they're right. smart. Right. You know, the one team, uh, this was like two weeks ago that I watched the Rockets play the Jazz. I thought the Jazz did a tremendous job defending him, and it's sad to say tremendous because what they were doing was just putting their hands away from him. Which is, well, they were literally just saying, basically saying, hey, just drive to the rim. Well, we're not going to touch you because we know you're going to draw a foul on us. That's what the NBA has become. Just like you can't put your hand on anybody, man. It's insane. <laughs> it, yeah, and I think the new rules have hurt some teams like the Warriors, like the Celtics, because you can't, you just can't grab a guy anymore. You can't. It's a foul every single time. Exactly. I mean, and the thing is, you know, if you're coming off a screen, you know, you might have to grab a guy because if I'm running into the Marcus Cousins, the dude is going to obliterate me, and there's no way the dude, is, there's no way I can catch up with somebody. Like you, you got to grab sometimes, you know. Exactly. It's just it's it's. I get they're trying to protect the offense, but it's getting absurd. It's getting completely absurd, you know. And it's, I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough to say. Um, the yeah, man, it's the modern NBA. Just a lot of shooting. I kind of wish, you know, the thing is, I wish that it was more of a balanced team play. You know, there's a lot of just too much ISO, too much shooting threes. The players who can't shoot for their lives, like, yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, and that's from yeah, the Celtics kind of like when they, like you said, when they move the ball, they're basically unbeatable, and when they ISO, they're like any block, they're any like any blah NBA team, you know. Jack and threes. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, you talk about the Jazz too. That team has really been hurt by that rule more than I think any team in the league because they're at 17 and 19 right now. I watched them against the Sixers last night and I got to say that they're a complete joke. Like they are a complete joke at this point. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think, because they, Don Mitchell's clearly regressed. They have uh, zero offensive talent around him. Their second best player might be Kyle Korver. I mean, second best offensive player might be Kyle Korver at this point. Uh, Rudy can only do so much, and Ricky Rubio offers nothing so far. So, I don't know. I mean, th that team so badly needs another score. If not, they're going to, if they even make the playoffs, they're going to be out in round one. Yeah, it sucks. You know, it sucks for smaller market teams like the Jazz. Like I said during the summer, I thought that if Paul George went to Utah, that would be a really fun team to watch. But there was no way PG was going to go there. It, it, it's hard for them to attract free agents. So, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, like, they have to overpay players to stay there. So they have to give Joe Ingles a shit ton of money and just these other things. It's uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. And I just think Donovan Mitchell early in the year got hurt. So he's kind of still out of rhythm. And 
He has to try to carry the team. It's just, uh, Rudy's okay, but again, what are you really getting? Rudy's not going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer for Utah. So, I mean, if I'm looking at it right now, I mean, the teams that are out of the playoff race that I think could make a deep run, or not a deep run, but make it to the playoffs, I still think the Pelicans have a chance because you have Anthony Davis. He can, at any point in time, he can give you 30 and 20. Um, I think the Mavericks can make the playoffs. I like their team. And I honestly still think the Spurs. Again, I just, you know, they don't have their starting point guard or their backup point guard, and they're 19 and 16. I mean, that's insane. So those would be my three teams that are kind of like would be a surprise to get in. But I don't know. I think, yeah, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to be a little short, but I think the Dallas Mavericks. Now, they've there's been some interesting stories talking about how they might trade Dennis Smith. And because... They're mad, or they're not mad. They're just not happy with his fit next to Luca because, like, the numbers haven't been great, and Luca's been kind of better, I guess, on his own. Um, I think that'd be a mistake, personally, to trade him. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Smith is is in his that is in his second year. You know, the guy is he he isn't making any money yet. He's so I know, he's twenty two. Jeez. Yeah, he got hurt, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's dumb. Um. You know, I think we've been all we talk about the Clippers is who they're going to get in free agency at this point. I mean, they're not going to change their team or jeopardize their cap space. Mm-hmm. The Spurs, the Spurs, will, I think the Spurs will make it. I don't think they're going to be very high seed, but at the end of the day, I just you got to bet on them doing well. You just got to. They always do. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the, looking at the standings right now, obviously you have the Nuggets one, the Warriors two, OKC's three, Clips and Lakers four five, Portland is six, Houston seven, and the Kings are eight. If I would say any team is to drop out of the playoff mix, I'd probably go with Portland because I I, I don't know. I'm hearing I'm hearing that you know CJ and Damon are having chemistry issues and just again their team is not tremendous. I mean they're playing well right now, but. I could see them dropping out of it, and then somebody else just leaping them, leapfrogging them. Um, yeah, and and they've got a very big stretch coming up. I mean, they have a they have Golden State and Philly on a back to back. Oh okay. yay, that's just great for us that Philly finally plays a tough team on the road. Oh, back to back. Okay, <laughs> Philly's on three days of rest. Oh, that is so fair, NBA. That is just so fair. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Portland is Portland's got a big stretch. They got to win one of these next two for sure. They can't afford to drop both of these. Then they go to Sacramento, Oklahoma City. They have a lot of kind of games, you know, middling games coming up. They got to start playing better on. Um, I think, I think if I were to pick one team, I guess I got to go with the Kings. But the thing about the Kings is that the Kings are like freaking relentless. That team just doesn't give up, you know, and they. They they yeah. just they they are very young. They play extremely hard. Although Buddy Heald's apparently not that young, but yeah. uh, he's older than Anthony Davis. Um, but they play extremely hard. Dave Yeager's an excellent coach in terms of getting the most out of a team. Uh, the Grizzlies are always a threat. They've been better this year than I thought they would be. Um, Marcus Saul, Mike Conley are always just very very good. Uh, who else? The Dallas Mavericks are just rock solid. They always have been. It's tough to say. I think I think the Celtics, I mean, I think the uh, 
I think so many teams, it's like you really can't, it's hard to point one out. The seedings have just been going up and down. We're more or less in the East. This has been the top five teams, like kind of stable this whole time. Besides maybe right, Philly right. and like Indiana kind of flip-flopping sometimes. And Boston, I think, jumped Philly once to the four, but that then they lost. And then they are back. I don't know. It's... It, and like you said, it, it is still kind of early. Like the Philly Sixers didn't make their run until the end of last year because their schedule got really right, easy right. at the end of last they won, year. They won 13 in a row to end the season, right? Or was yeah, something like that. Yeah, they went and like 20 out of their last 21. That's, yeah, again, you know, this, I would say, I don't want to say this is like the halfway point of the NBA. This is like the quarterway point past Christmas where you kind of, I think you kind of know what teams are legit and what teams are not legit. And then yeah. once you get once you get towards the All-Star break, it's like, all right, then you kind of know who's like a contender and who's a pretender. Then you get to the playoffs and then you see what happens, you know? So we're kind of the quarter of the way through, so you kind of know who's good, who's not good. Yeah. I always kind of joke, too, that the Celtics have been disappointing this year because the Kings draft picks and the Memphis draft pick and uh, well, we had the Clippers that they've all been kind of disappointing. So they like so Danny Ainge's grand plan is to like tank the season just enough so they get into the playoffs is like the Knicks did as an eight seed and make the finals. Um, <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's the case. I think, you know, we've discussed the West and the East. I think, you know, we've kind of done awards before, but I think one more thing we could discuss before we finish this uh, podcast is LeBron James's recent injury and what that means to the Lakers. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be pretty slight. People, they reported as if it was slight, but then other people are like, nah, it's more severe than you think. Is this really going to affect the Lakers season at all, do you think? Or do you think it's going to be like a one-game thing and then he's fine? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm going to give the basic answer here. It really depends on how much time he misses. Like, if he really misses like a month, it could affect their season. Although I still think that in this wide open Western Conference, they, they, I think they just have enough talent where they can, they can uh, still be in the playoffs. And um, I think this is... I think this is actually a, a important injury because you get now is a chance for guys like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma to show what they have, and it's basically it's basically their time to shine. And you know, can they carry a team when LeBron is hurt? And if they can, this could be this could be a really nice team heading into the playoffs. But if Lonzo struggles and if you know Ingram and Kuzma are not playing well. It might be time to get rid of them and go after Anthony Davis, you know. So this is a this is a very important injury. It's a this is an important injury, man. It definitely is. Yeah, and listen, at the end of the day, if Anthony Davis gets traded, it's two teams: it's the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, everyone knows that those teams have the most assets. Um, but I mean, that's something for a later podcast. At the end of the day. You, you that's so far down the line that you can't really even think about that right now. You're focusing on, you know, what do you have now? And I don't know what the Lakers are now. And honestly, because they have moments where they look great and they have moments where they poop their pants. And LeBron seems like he cares sometimes and other times he doesn't. And I don't know. I mean, I think 
more or less LeBron. LeBron's LeBron. Everyone knows, like, he'll say however, however many times he wants. Like, Zach Lowe said this. He'll say how many, however many times he wants that he's a patient guy. He's not patient. He's going to want to trade everyone for Davis. It's just how he is. Or whoever. Or John Wall. I mean, we mentioned John Wall. There's a oh, lot of rumors yeah. about that. How he would make it. He offered Lonzo and Pope and I think it was Ingram or Hart. Oh, my God. For John. I mean, listen, I love John Wall, but come on. That's a terrible trade. I mean, the dude is about to get paid $40 million a year. That's, yeah, no. no. Oh, my God. And for However bad our franchises can be, oh, at times, like man, Wizards fans, <laughs> that <sighs> team has accomplished nothing, like ever. And the most has ever accomplished was having Michael Jordan on their roster. That's about it. They won a championship in 1979, I think. Yeah, that's true. They were they were the bullets. They were the bullets. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I mean. There was a recent article put up I'm reading now about how Kyrie is still kind of upset with how, how hard the Celtics are playing, that they need to be playing harder, yada, yada. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I thought last night's game wasn't as bad as others. But, you know, we went through a bunch of topics. So I think, uh, I think we'll stop here. Christian, of course, thanks for joining me per usual. Anytime, my friend. You know we got to kill these podcasts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We will hopefully have one in a few weeks. Um, hopefully it won't be an emergency podcast of me or Christian having to rant, but <laughs> you never know with uh well with the Knicks, it's a it's a probably not, but with the Celtics, you never know. So thanks for joining me, Christian, for the BX Basketball Co- Podcast. I'm Nick Englander with Christian. Okay. Thanks for joining us.